Welcome to the Red X Real Estate Podcast. Here, you'll discover how to create stability and opportunity for your business with tips, tricks, habits, and hacks from top performing agents. If you'd like to receive notifications for new episodes, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you like to listen. And for even more updates on eBooks, webinar trainings, and other useful real estate content, head over to theredx.com slash blog and click on any blog post to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Red X podcast, where we bring amazing people on the show and teach you amazing things to help you do biz- better in your business. Today, our guest, as you can see on the screen, is Mike Simonson. Mike, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here again. Mike is Mike is with Altos Research. Uh, for those that have been coming on the show regularly, you've you've heard me quote or or tell people to go to Altos Research over and over. We did that enough times that you know we thought, hey, it's it's time to get Mike back on the show and and talk about a few things. So by no means will this be a promotional episode. Um, you're going to learn a ton from Mike every time he speaks. You you learn. So um, for those of you that are watching on Facebook, YouTube, our website, all of the different places where we're streaming the show, welcome and thank you for being here. Let us know where you're from. Just pop in the chat there. That way, that'll get you accustomed to typing in the chat. Um, and asking questions because uh, we we want this to be a, um, you know, we want you to participate. So we want you to ask questions. I'll get those questions to Mike um, and and we'll answer those questions as we go. Um, I think that's all the intro here. So let, let me talk, uh, let me just give you my own uh, point of view here. Bobby, thank you for joining in there. I see other people coming in on other platforms. So I'll, I'll be monitoring that. We'll make sure that, that we get in there. Um, my perspective on data is as, as we change, as the internet becomes more prevalent, even in the last six months since COVID and quarantine and Zoom meetings and the digital aspect of our life, um, it's crazy. I, I have kids. My kids no longer ask me, I don't know if I should be embarrassed or proud of this, Mike, but my kids no longer ask me, hey, dad, do you know? They'll say, dad, can you look up? Or dad, is there a YouTube video? Or dad, can you ask Siri um, about this, right? There's, 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 there's tremendous amount of opportunity to have data and, and answers and information in front of you um, because of the internet. And more and more consumers in any industry, not just real estate, but in any industry, no longer are the, the sellers, the sales reps, the, the keeper of the knowledge, right? Um, unless, let me get to the point here, unless that's what people are seeking, right? We seek an expert. Siri happens to be the expert for a lot of people, but I don't, if, if I'm not satisfied with what I'm getting from the expert that I go to, I go to the internet and, and either validate or do that. And you look at generationally, um, um, generationally, the millennial generation, Gen Z, they want mentorship. They want to find people that have the answer and they want to do research on their own. They want to parallel that, that information. So data to me is so important. And Altos Research has the data on real estate market and what's going on. Long before I knew Mike uh, or was introduced to him, I knew about Altos Research because I had some investment properties. I wanted to know exactly what was going on in the marketplace for those. 
I wanted to know exactly what was going on for my where my primary residence is. So I, I've been um, a fan of Altos for a very long time. But I want to talk data a little bit, Mike. So, what, I mean, the question out of the gate is why, why is data so important for agents to become the expert? And why is, why is it so important that they have the right information? Yeah, you know, uh, I've we've said for a long time that um, there's actually only three questions in real estate. The consumer has only three questions. It's what's for sale, how much is my house worth, and how's the market? And, and so you can think about all the technology and all the tools, all the research that people do online. Uh, it all comes out of those things, right? So you have your IDX, you've got your listing alerts. These are all what's for sale questions. You have the uh, you have uh, CMAs and you have um, the the home valuation lead things and those are how much is my house worth. But all the questions like is now a good time? Do I have a lot of selection? Um, you know, should what should I be planning for? Do I need to wait? Uh, is this a good deal? These are all how's the market questions. How's the market? And and so um, the the so many agents fo focus on the first two. We got our tools. We got our things. Um, and really good agents know in their bones how to answer how's the market questions. Um, most of us, and even even those that know it in their bones, we need to be able to illustrate. We need to be able to communicate, and you need to be able to say it's not just my recommendation here's what the data says using the data to as a as a the the evidence for your recommendation is a super powerful way to demonstrate your expertise so now the the consumer has these three of these questions and so we are we have the opportunity to be the voice of expertise when we have answers to that question I, I used to go on stage and I would and, and I would ask the a crowd of realtors. I'd say, "All right, everybody, I have a question for you. How's the market?" And without it, without hesitation, every single person in the room would say, "It's great." And they would because we're taught to not, not be the Debbie Downer, you know, like it's always positive. And even you know when it's it's 2010. And the market is not great. It is the worst it's ever been. And the room goes, it's great. And so my point with that question is we want to, when somebody says, hey, oh, you're a realtor, how's the market? To answer with data, to be able to say inventory is at record low. It's at low across all price points. Homes in the our highest demand price point are going in 17 days. Like that, all of a sudden, now the consumer's eyes just bug out and say, oh my goodness, I need to work with you because you know what you're talking about. Right. And that's the power of the data. Well, and 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 yeah, I mean, you said so many good things there. Um, using so using data to establish yourself as the expert. Yep. Uh, but using data as evidence to support, you know, what what you're telling people to do, I think is, if if people didn't follow my my ADD rant in the beginning there, I I think that's what I was trying to 
to show is they're going to go find data with or without you. Yeah. And that's either going to be correct and, and you're going to, they're going to trust and like you more, or it's going to destroy trust. And, and that, that has happened to me in my own marketplace, asking a real estate agent about the market and where my primary residence was. And they, they, um, this person did not navigate the conversation well because they didn't know. I would have rather had, you know what, let me check on your particular town or zip code. That would have been a much better answer than all of this stuff. And and I had just recently looked at my Altos research report. I knew the average days on market. I knew, um, you know, the average medium home price. I, I had all this information and I'm going, I, I don't think this person knows what they're talking about. Like data didn't, it was evidence, but it was evidence that they, they were trying to BS their way through the conversation. Yeah. And so it's very powerful. I, I, there is, um, I don't mean this to be like a, you know, I just love Mike Simonson and Alto so much, but it's going to keep coming out. But I have, I have a lot of employees here that I have look at a couple of websites. Yours is one of them. And especially the new videos that you're doing, um, that seems if they're not new, then I apologize. No, it like a, a COVID new video series. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, those are fantastic. I know that you put those out on Monday. I would love if you if you jumped into that and and I think it would give the listeners a better idea of what we're talking about in terms of data and and having that data to support their expertise on what's going on in the market. For sure. Um, so, yeah, you want to talk about like what's happening right now this in the country. Heck yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about what's cool. going on in the market. I mean, that's my question to you. What's yep. how's the market, Mike? All right. Uh, let me let me share my screen. Let's see here. And here, here. All right. How's that look? We can see so, it. Okay. So the the big story this year is this record low, incredibly low inventory, available inventory. Right now, there are 591,000 single-family homes for sale in the whole country. Uh, normally, there's at least a million. And in the last few years, it's actually been decreasing more or less each year. Um, you can see in this chart, 2016 is the blue line. And so this time of year, we had 1.1 million and now we're down under 600,000. Uh, this is, it's just like, it's nuts. It's surprising. It's nuts. The, what's happened in recent years as interest rates have been ultra low, holding costs of your home are, are way down. So each year when people go to move up or move down, more and more often they are keeping the first home and buying the second home. And as a result, active inventory is shrinking each year. And so you can see at the beginning of the year here, a uh, million in 2016, there was nine, uh, under 900,000 2017. Uh, 2018 started under 800,000. 2018 had rising rates during the year and inventory built. And I, I don't know if you remember, but at that time, a couple of years ago, uh, the headlines were, well, real estate is really slowing down. And that was, you know, interest rates went from 
whatever it was, three and a half to four and a half percent at the end of 2018. That 2019 started a little higher, the green line, and rates fell all year 2019. So they started this year, 2020, at the record low levels. We had just a couple of months, three months of, of normal behavior, and then COVID hit and people are buying everything in sight. So there's fewer new listings and more transactions happening since April every week. And we've just, in a time when inventory should be climbing, it's been falling. It's it's really remarkable. Um, you know, there's, uh, there are, so, so this is a national view. Um, as we talk, as you think about individual agents in local markets, it turns out that, this phenomenon is basically true across the country and across price points. It's um, in places like in Manhattan and in San Francisco proper, uh, there's been a lot of remote workers going on. And so they're moving to what we call the a co-primary home market or a Zoom town is what uh, some folks are calling it, where, where it's, you can, you know, You've been living in San Francisco, but you can now live in the mountains. And I know I spent most of my spring and summer up in my mountain house in Tahoe, and the market up there is on fire because people are buying. Uh, but it's also basically true across price points. It's true, like people are moving out of San Francisco and moving to LA. You know, so it's really true. It's true across the whole country. So that's what's the story on inventory. And it's important for, you know, when as you're an agent communicating with your buyers, uh, to to talk about the urgency, like if you like this property, we need need to make a, an offer now. So those are um, that's a national view. It's one. Here's another view that that we just did. This is um, you can see weekly. This is weekly changes by year. So each year, the the dark orange here is 2016. You normally have these weeks of of 2016 where you know the spring. Uh, that most of the first and second quarter are increasing inventory uh, month over week over week. Um, here's the, the the brighter orange of 2017. Um, in 2018, that extended further out for the year because rates were climbing, and so inventory built a little bit during that the year. Uh, 2019 was stronger, and the second half of 2019 was was a lot of demand. And then 2020, we started low. And we have only these couple of weeks of March when inventory climbed. It's really remarkable. Uh, the rest of the year is here. And now we're, we can look at the normal part of the year where, where the inventory is going to fall. So we expect that we're going to start 2021 with only 378,000 homes for sale. Like half of what it's it started this year with and just dramatically lower uh b before the the before the spring inventory starts coming on next year it's it is um until some kind of other shock happens or change happens rates climb or some kind of economic shop this is what we're looking at in terms of uh the inventory changes for the rest of the year it's pretty it's it's just remarkable that, that's uh, amazing 
It is. The um, prices-wise, national median home price is 353000 It's been flat for a few months. It is normally this time of year, the green dot here is where we would be year over year. Normally, it's pulled back from the peak. Our peak this year got delayed by a couple months or stretched out. So normally, peaks, you know, end of June, June 30, then the summer is is people are trying to sell before they before school starts and so prices start getting cut to to, to stimulate demand uh, that that got extended so it really hasn't happened yet and really our home prices are up 8.7% year over year uh, the green line here is really cool this is a number we use uh, as um, a leading indicator for where transaction prices are going to happen in the future so the the leading indicator here is the median price of the newly listed cohort the each week a newly listed set of properties comes on and right now it was 77,000 new properties this week came on the market and this is the median price of those homes what happens is when demand is strong the sellers and the listing agents know September and the closes that happen in October uh, already have the demand. We can already see it in the market. So we know that prices aren't going to like fall in October. We can already see it September, October, even November now in the data. So that's where we are year to date. Is that making, making sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, so, and, and then you'll have to unshare your screen so that we can see again. Yep. Um, yeah, so take the overwhelming feeling out of it for agents that may not be analytical. And, and um, even, even on that last chart, uh, I probably offline would have asked some more clarifying questions of, of, of how that works. Uh, but I tend to want to jump into the data and, and understand it. So take the overwhelming, not everybody's analytical. Yeah. Not everybody's gonna to wanna to grab that chart and put it in front of, of their customers. So how, how does a normal agent use this? Yeah, no, the, the normal agent, I can share my screen again, actually. I will share uh, here. Um, a normal agent will use the Altos reports and this is a national one that I've got pulled up, but these are down at the city state zip level. And, and so really the, the overwhelmingness um, is actually a really powerful uh, point. The, it's also true for consumers, not just the agents, right? Everybody knows what's going on. One of the things that we do, we do a couple of things to help that. Uh, one is we like to use written text. So all of our reports have written text so you can read it and see what's happening. The other thing is this market action index. And the market action index is a, at a glance, how's the market? It's the supply versus demand. So when that thing is climbing, the market's getting hotter. So even if you're an agent who is like, I, I, you know, all the data and it's bouncing around and I don't know what to say, um, one powerful technique that that I love to share is you take your report into the listing presentation. You can imagine, put the, your market report on the top of the and and you ask the seller, "Are you a big geek or a little geek?" <laughs> you're big, you know, you're going to dive in. You're going to see all the data. You're going to do what we've been talking about. You can, you know, mouse over and see the trends, and you know, you can see all the 
the uh, but even if you're just a little geek, I'm going to put this report in your inbox every Monday. I want you to look at just one number. I want you to keep your eye on this market action index. If this falls while we have your house listed, that's the market giving us a signal that demand is falling off and supply, your competition is increasing. So if this falls while we have your house listed, especially if it falls to or below 30, that's a market giving us a strong signal that maybe we need to, for example, get ahead of this with a price reduction. And then what's what's powerful is then the, the seller A knows, as you were pointing out at the beginning, like, oh, Curtis is the guy who gives me the data. Like he knows right. what we're doing. And then he goes, the, the buyer is sitting there and says, wow, Curtis, I've been looking at this report. And guess what? Like, I see this number falling, like you said to look for. Like, maybe we need to do a price reduction. You put the power into the hands of the consumer. And now it's not you delivering bad news. It's the market is giving us a signal. It's a super powerful way to con to to communicate. This one, by the way, is, is branded for Altos. Brand them. We do it. We brand it for each of the 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 agents. Um, so they. So it's your brand. It's not the Altos brand. It's not a Zillow brand. It's not. You know. It, it's it's your brand in front of. You know. It's you establishing. It's you sending the emails. So that's a that's the real powerful way. It's the are you a big geek or a little geek question. Right. Well, I think it's amazing, and and it puts the agent as the expert in the market again. Just to to go back, I, I think it, it's amazing to use data to establish yourself as the expert and then to use evidence of that. And then I think the third real big, at least for me, one of the biggest takeaways is is you as the agent are never the, the bearer of bad news, so to speak, but the market is giving us signals and indicating yeah. what we should do um, to help best accomplish the goals of the homeowner or home seller or buyer. Yeah, you know, Curtis, there's another thought as, um, you know, as people are in, for example, the Red X platform, and they are thinking about scripts of how to communicate with the buyer, you've got someone on the phone, working the data into that script is a very powerful communication mechanism. So, for example, you know, the, the call comes and it's an expired or it's a, you know, whatever the, the lead source is, the ability to say, you know, this, you know, you're, you're you know, I know I saw that your, your lead expired and, but you know, the, the days on market's actually falling for this, uh, in this, in your market, uh, that tells me that, that um, we can do something to price this property, property properly to actually get it sold. And it's days on market was at 70 days when you listed, it's now down to 49. You know, we can take action to make this thing happen. So working that number into the script is an incredibly powerful way to, to you know, move that conversation along to establish you as the expert. Why should I work with this person who just randomly called me all of these uh, these elements is can, is a really powerful mechanism for it. No, uh, well, and uh, I'll echo that. I I know agents that that use market statistics for different lead types for for sell by owners. Example is yeah. you you know when they first listed, and if you're tracking how uh, essentially how long that's been for sale, using the days on market can be really powerful. Yes, um, 
and, and to do that, and especially when you break it down by price range, like a home in your price range should look like the sale should look like this because every sale looks like this. And if yeah. yours doesn't, then we can help. Um, yeah, I mean, different lead sources and there's different points of data that I think work well for for each one. I, I think a lot of people geo farm and, 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 you know, one thing about a geographic farm where you're just trying to establish your expertise in a in an area in a neighborhood what better better way to do that than know what you're talking about with what's going on yes yes so, for sure and and um you know the nice thing about doing it in in the this style where you have a a report for every zip code you work or the whole county or you know all of these elements is that even if you're like you know you're working one town over and you haven't sold a lot of houses there yet you know, grabbing the report, boop, and now you have the, you're an expert instantly on that data. All right. Uh, that's really great. Um, talk to me about the dissidence between what's actually going on and with what the consumer believes is going on. Yeah. So the fact that the market is so hot is really counterintuitive. Uh, I, I certainly didn't predict it. Like, you know, we, we, I, I remember do, I did a podcast with Brad Inman at the beginning of, uh, or end of March and, and, uh, you know, I thought, holy moly, we're in for, you know, a cratering. Um, but, but the market just defied expectations. So how do we communicate that? And, and how can the, how can we possibly have a, roaring housing market, home prices up 8% when 15% of the country is unemployed. Like, how can that possibly be? How can that possibly hold up? So um, I, I have a, um, so so the, the key is a supply and demand. We know that supply is at crazy record low. And and in fact, the, for the first few months of the COVID period, inventory was record low and demand was okay. Now inventory is record low and demand is actually high. How do you, what are the data points that tell you that demand, demand is high or low? So um, we have a few in the Altos data, meaning uh, like, so it was one of the interesting thing is traditionally under, using, using, sales numbers uh, as a measure of demand, like how many transactions happened. Uh, the problem is you can't rely on transaction count in a supply constrained market. Right. Right. It is, there would be more homes for sales. So we have to use other things. So we use uh, a, a number percentage of homes on the market that have taken a price reduction. Normally, uh, about a third, 35% are overpriced and they take a cut. Sometimes that's intentional. Sometimes it's strategic. Sometimes it's a crazy seller, whatever the reason is. They're, they're overpriced. They take a cut. Uh, it's never because an agent doesn't know how to price a home though, right? No, that's right. <laughs> it's it's the seller. <laughs> right. Um, right. And so, but, you know, for whatever reason, about 30, 35%, um, 40%, depending on the market, uh, 40% are overpriced. They take a cut before they sell. Uh, right now we are at 25%. So, 
So that means that 35% thought they were overpriced, but only 25% had to take the price cut. That's because demand is, is high. As soon as demand backs off, the first thing you do as a seller is you cut your price. And so as demand backs off, uh, price reductions rise. So as in a cool, a cool market, it's now 40, 45%. In the depths of the 2009, 2010 period, it's 50%, like half the homes have taken a cut. So, so that's a real powerful signal of where demand is, organic levels of demand in the market. Um, you can also look at things like, you know, uh, mortgage purchase applications and those things. And those are up year over year. Like there are more purchase applications now than there were like 10% more than last year in a dramatically tighter inventory. So, um, so you can see that. And our, our market action index also does that, uh, you know, uses that, that relative level to, to supply versus demand. So all of those things tell us that demand is actually higher. Um, right now. And, and one of my hypotheses is like, how could this possibly be? It, it feels like to me that the unemployed, we've had, we've had 10 years of rising home prices. We've had a 10 year bull market in home prices. And so the people who are unemployed now, uh, the, the service workers, the, the Uber driver type, that, that, that group, was in many ways already locked out of the real estate market. And so they weren't in the buyer pool already. And what's left is the rest of us who are now nesting and locking down and thinking about our, our Zoomtown second home and, and all of these things. And, and, you know, it's time to buy. And so, so those are why, um, the, that's where the demand is coming from. And it's, like I said, it's across all price points. It's across the country. It's really high in the places like, like, um, you know, the mountains of Lake Tahoe or the, or the resort towns in Montana, you know, people are just, you know, sight unseen in New York going, I'll take the ranch, you know, I'll buy it, <laughs> whatever it is that it's exploding in Missoula and Whitefish, Montana and places like that. Uh, even Hawaii, which has its normal, has a very different orbit from the rest of the country yeah. is, is experiencing the, the, you know, the remote buyers right now. Well, so I grew up real close to Whitefish, Montana, and my parents are still up there and, and yeah, it's, it's crazy. The price is in, in part because um, you're getting cash offers, no contingency, no appraisal, no, you know, it's closing in three days. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. sight unseen because because they're selling, you know, often high or because interest rates are at two and a half percent, even if they are financing. But but a lot of people who are moving in from you got a lot of people leaving. Uh, the city life to go find a zoom home yep. and they can work remote. Uh, they're need, they're going to need to get better internet there in Montana before, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but it is, it's crazy. The price is like jaw dropping crazy. What people are paying for coming in uh, over yeah. appraised value, which you do enough of that, then, then, you know, it, it rises. So yeah. um, if that continues, is that a bad thing? I mean, does the market correct after something like this? What 
Well, you know, so, get your crystal ball out, Mike. Yeah, the the it's funny be, going into 2020. You know, we've had nine had nine years of rising market, and and so one of the signals I look for uh, to to say if if it's going to fall, I, I thought two things were potential: if we hit a recession, and if interest or if interest rates climb, we hit the recession, and I was totally wrong, <laughs> right? But uh, but that leaves interest rates. So, you know, we can buy, right? You can buy, you know, at a lot of house at two and a half percent interest rates, 3% interest. Like it's, it is really impactful. Uh, we also know that 2018 uh, backed way off and, and inventory rose, demand decreased, uh, prices flattened as interest rates climbed in the second half of 2018 and they went from whatever it was three and a half to four and a half percent or something like that. Right. Right. Uh, and it's just four and a half percent. Right. That's still crazy low, but we felt it. We felt it really quickly. And so the bearish scenario is if there's a trigger for interest rates, bearish for prices, um, if there's a trigger for interest rates uh, that, you know, so interest rates go from three to four and a half or something like that, or 5%, it's things are going to feel expensive. Therefore, more get listed, fewer get bought, inventory builds. Um, what's interesting is that may actually increase our transaction volume because there's more homes for sale. Um there, I don't see, so one of the questions that I get a lot right now is what about like all of these mortgages um, that people aren't paying? There's uh, 3.8 million homes in the forbearance, forbearance process. Yep. Yeah. And so those are, got, we got to work those out. Uh, one of the reasons that inventory is low right now is because we've had a foreclosure moratorium. So even homes that normally for normal reasons like, you know, life reasons or whatever you, that you stop paying and it goes into foreclosure. Um, even those are gone right now. So that's normal, a few thousand, you know, homes each week that would be on the market and, and offering, you know, creating supply. Those aren't there. So at some point we've got to, we got to work out the ones that are in, in this forbearance process, they're going to start paying or they got to sell. What's interesting is what's different this time from the last time is the unlikely scenario that they actually go into foreclosure and they won't, doesn't, it doesn't look like they go into foreclosure for two reasons. One is because we have record levels of equity in right. the country. And two is because homes are selling quickly. Uh, you know, if you can't pay your mortgage, you just sell the house. Well, right. and, and what what did it say your average days on market in the whole country is right now? I uh, on the report. Market in the whole country is let's see, um, let's see. Right now we're one seventeen down from one thirty four a couple of months ago. That's average. Um, you know, median is actually lower than that because that gets skewed higher by um, by properties have been on the market for a long time. Yeah, if you look at if you look at the the medium home price, the three fifty yep. three or whatever, 
yeah. the average days on market. I, I think even states like Texas have a really fast foreclosure process. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, you're you're dumping that. Yeah, we we have. It's a great listing opportunity right now. Um, despite the moratorium, there's still notice of defaults being filed. Right. right. People are still and 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 Red X. As, as a shameless plug, we we have that you can buy those leads from us, you know, for yeah. the for the pre foreclosures, you know, really pre foreclosed, and people do they have equity and they could they could, you could drastically change somebody's life if a notice of default gets filed and you say, hey, let me show you how you can put seventy, you know, eighty, a hundred grand in your pocket and avoid the foreclosure. Yeah. Anyway, that that's. Sorry for the tangent, but yeah, I mean, no, no, that's exactly the point, right? Like, um, and and there are two periods coming up when that might be particularly compelling. One is is October this year, and that'll be the 180 day window from the start of the first for, the forbearance window from March to October, and then again it's going to be April next year. So now it's it's uh, the the year anniversary of that. So. If you haven't been paying your mortgage for a year and now we see some light at the end of the tunnel and we have to, you know, now there's, there are going to be some folks I imagine that need to sell at that time who don't want to start that back up. Um, they've had a year, whatever the, the year not paying the mortgage and now they can't. Um, so those are two windows and I am looking as Altos, we're, we're going to keep an eye on inventory levels in October and, um, in April, they, uh, you know, my, the first window, the 90 day window came and went no inventory, like none of those got listed. Uh, but you know, so there's 180 days and some of those were 180 day deals. And some of that, uh, may be happening at that time. Uh, so that's October and, and then we'll have another set, um, you know, beginning of next year. And we're going to have to figure out how to get those back. Uh, the, those back current and uh, like there's a lot of work to be done there and some of those houses will get sold I don't foresee like a big wave of foreclosure because because of equity and demand and all the other pieces um, it feels like there may be a, a decent amount like actually hopefully there's some there's some inventory that comes from that right uh, that is actually different from there's, there's a lot of cash on the sidelines uh, buyers who are the vultures, right? Waiting for the bargains. And, uh, you know, and, and they, it's all over the Bay area here, you know, people with lots of cash and they're like, I can't wait for it. And, and one of the questions is like, how long, how long have you been waiting for that deal? You know, right. <laughs> it's like, I don't see it coming. Well, and, and I think people, at least from, uh, from our client's perspective and, and they're seeing it, interest rates is the name of the game right now. Yeah. And, and you could wait all you want and yeah, prices might go down, but two and a half percent. So, I mean, if you're a cash buyer, maybe that you're waiting, but, um, the majority of buyers are not cash buyers, right? They're interest rate buyers. And, um, and like you said, you could buy a lot of house at two and a half percent interest, you, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, I wouldn't give myself that loan. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, well, this is amazing. Um, consumers, I, I think just just to throw something in there, Mike. I think 
I think our job as real estate professionals is to overcome fear in the marketplace. Um, and, and fear is only overcome with truth. And, and if we know what's actually going on, um, and knowledge puts us in control of the conversation, control of, and, and if we give that knowledge to the consumers, they feel in control of what you're doing. And I know you said that before of, we, we, we won't be the bearers of bad news, the market gives signals, but I liked what you said, you put the control in their hands, that mitigates their fear. Yes. Um, and, and I think we have a responsibility to go into the marketplace and because you can't pull up the news and feel great about the real estate market right now, because, because the news is designed to, to get attention and we're paying attention to a lot of negativity right now, but we can bring some hope and, and <laughs> to the marketplace and show them what's really going on. Cause there is some amazing opportunity out there in real estate, both from an equity position, from an interest rate position, from an investment, you know, people want to get into investing. They could have yeah. never got into investing before, but unless we as real estate professionals understand what's going on, and I'm a big believer in understanding all the way down to the micro level. If you want to, and in part because we sell neighborhood data so yeah. that you can farm a neighborhood, you want to be the expert in that neighborhood, you should know what's going on in that neighborhood. Sure. Uh, yep. For sure. And, and in fact, I talked to a broker this morning and, and he has an agent that works condo units, a thousand condos, mm -hmm. 40 transactions a year because, because she knows every single detail about those thousand condos, what's going on, who are the buyers, who's coming in. And if you have the information, then, then that puts you in a position to, to be able to help more people and helping more people means more commissions. Yes. Yeah, right. Yep. So absolutely. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the consumer right now, there's still a lot of consumers. I sometimes forget this because I'm in the data all the time and you know, I'm right, creating videos and, but it turns out there's a lot of people who don't pay attention to my videos. <laughs> and, uh, and so they are surprised to learn that the market's on fire. Yeah. Right. They, and, and so they are assuming that the economy is destroyed and therefore that so is the real estate market. Um, and, and they're also surprised that they aren't the only ones with the idea to go buy, you know, in Napa right now. Right. right. They're surprised. Like, you know, I was thinking it's, you know, it's probably time for me, you know, and, and, um, and so that data helps, especially those, you know, th those folks that, that haven't been, haven't been that close. And so right. to be able to be strong with your view and, uh, informed, like that's a real confident position to be in that, that, uh, consumers want to work with. Yeah. Thank you. That's amazing. So for the listeners out there, um, altosresearch.com, we're going to post tons of links in the comments. So you'll have these, but at a minimum, if you need to go subscribe to Mike's YouTube channel to get these weekly updates on what's going on in the marketplace so that you can so you can do exactly what he's saying is, is be able to, to speak with the potential customers with confidence and give them confidence to make the right decisions to, to move them forward in, in their life. Um, this has been amazing, Mike. I, I mean, any, any, I'll give you one more, one more chance, any advice to agents who are listening, you know, with what's going on in the marketplace. Sorry, I'll give you that chance, but just to insert, I don't think there's, 
I think data is always important. I think right now, because of the dissidence between what's going on in the economy and what's really happening in real estate, there's never a better time to, to have a resource to tell you what's going on in the real estate market. Um, so I'll say that, but, but any other advice that you want to leave with everybody? Yeah. Uh, let's see. You know, we have, um, if you remember that, that there's only three questions in real estate, what's for sale, how much is my house worth and how's the market? Uh, and how's the market is for everyone. It's for buyers, it's for sellers, it's for past clients, it's you know for, for keeping in contact with folks, it's for investors. All, all, of, the fo all of the players have that, that question. And so the data, the data about under, and just understanding a couple little stats, inventory, days of market, price, a handful of those, all of a sudden, that puts you as the expert and way above all the competition in the space. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Mike. Let's get, let's answer a couple of questions here. Um, one is uh, Amanda is asking about any, any of the reports available in video format. Uh, they are not available in video format, uh, but we do teach you how to make, we can teach you how to make your own videos walking through your reports uh, for, that you can share to folks. Okay. That's great. Um, and, and there's a ton of questions about the product and, and I was going to read these, but why don't we do this? Where, where can people go and kind of get the whole outline of the product and, and. Yeah. So, um, altosresearch.com, A-L-T-O-S, altosresearch.com. You can, um, subscribe there. If you subscribe, Right now, use the use the coupon code SCPTSEPT20, so that's September 20, uh, so that we give your listeners a uh, a three-month discount. Uh, like that? Yep. And um, and and if you want to just uh, connect first and you know book a demo on there, there's like a there's a learn more book a demo opportunity, and you can you can talk, we can strategize about your business, and you know do do those things, uh, so that we. Um, uh, so that we, you know, work, uh, you can, you can answer more, more detailed questions that way. But okay. If you're ready to awesome. go, you will get it rolling right now. Right. I, I think that is most of the questions I see on different, the different platforms here where people are chiming in. So um, we'll let them go there and get the answers to those questions. And, uh, and we posted, does it matter if it's uppercase, lowercase in the, uh, uh, for the uh, code? It, does, it should not matter. Okay, great. Um, well, Mike, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. No, I think do it uppercase. Uppercase. We do it uppercase. Make sure we do it okay. uppercase. <laughs> okay, we, post, we posted it uppercase. So okay, do it as posted in, in the comments. We'll get that posted everywhere. Um, Mike, thank you so much for the info with what's going on in the marketplace. And, and I'm always grateful to, that somebody brings some hope. I think there is a lot of negativity in the market right now. And it's easy for people to project that into their business and, and, or even project that onto their, their potential clients. And, and, and like I said, I, I, we have a, an obligation to go out and, and educate people on truth. Um, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes the truth is not great. It's not great yeah, news. That's right. um, but we have an obligation to understand what's going on. That's right. And, even when it's not 
good news. The information is the, the antidote to the fear. Yep. Well, and I appreciate that. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you enjoyed that, make sure you reach out. Better yet, go subscribe to Mike's YouTube channel. Get online and do a demo. Check out the stuff. And thank you again, Mike, for the discount for all the listeners here today. Uh, everybody, we continue the conversation, as always, in a couple of places. We continue the conversation on our uh, the Red X Elite Prospecting Group on Facebook. And that's where you can ask questions, not just about products or anything, but if you're a prospecting agent, jump on and you can get a lot of great information there. Uh, you can even ping uh, Mike. I, I don't know if you belong to that group, but now now you should because people might ask you questions there. Great. Uh, I will also, also, our forum, RedX, uh, that's forum.theredx.com. If you're a customer, we always have the topic and conversation going there. For everybody, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. We're going to be here on Wednesday talking to... Um, Brianne, and that's going to be a great one. That's going to be 1.30 uh, p.m. Mountain Standard Time and here on all of the different channels that we broadcast. So thank you so much, and that's a wrap for today. Thanks, Curtis.